Hello, 1997. Hello, Josh is a living in the dorms at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. I saw a man brought to life. He was warm, he came around like he was dignified. He showed me what it was to cry. Hello, redhead on the second floor who said she's not dating right now. Bring it all back. You don't seem to know, <laughs> seem to care what your heart is for. Well, I don't know him anymore. There's nothing where he used to lie. The conversation has run dry. That's what's going on. Nothing's fine, I'm torn. I'm all out of faith. This is how I feel. I'm cold and I am shame. Lying naked on the floor. Good evening, Jennifer. Good evening, Ed. Good evening, Josh. This is like this is like the song the day that Rachel duetted with Leah. This that's what this is. <laughs> it's pretty much what the it was funny when they put her in the outfit because we got an email and I'm forgetting who wrote it and I apologize, but we got an email um, a week or two ago where somebody's like, when are they going to comment on Rachel's total outfit change? You know. Yeah. And you forget how different she's become. Well, it was it was fun to see Rachel. I mean, I I love Leah in New York, but it was fun to see Rachel around. Yeah, this that this was a really funny number. So my tones, my torn story, is that in nineteen, it came out in ninety seven. I was living in the dorms at Cal Poly, and I was a freshman. And Natalie and Brulia was everywhere. This song was in freaking escapable. My God, and it was just terrifying and uh she was on uh saturday night live and so i came in one morning and there were these two guys that have been drinking all night and they're in the lobby of the dorms and she's on saturday night live in some like early morning replay and they're so drunk they're singing along but the only word they know is torn so they're just going da 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 torn da 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 torn wow it's great I was college. Oh, college. College. Uh, So anyway, this is is Torn from beautiful Natalie Umbrulia. X Factor judge. Right, Ed? Uh, um, I thought she was only a guest, but yes, sure. Oh, was she only a guest? I was looking her up tonight. Maybe she was on X Factor Australia season one or two. I didn't pay attention to those seasons. You might be right. You might be correct that she's X Factor Australia season one or two. She's definitely not season three and four because I was I've been watching those religiously. So <laughs> Matthew just says uh, this song was the call me maybe of the late nineties. I was just thinking this, but call me maybe was wow. a lot of places, but it wasn't like I well I didn't feel like it was crazy in my face the way you described it, Josh. I mean, call me maybe was just around. Well, I mean, in, music is just different now, like. You know, in the late 90s, like when a song was everywhere, like that song was everywhere. I mean, I remember listening to a radio station for an hour and hearing Creed four times. Like you could not, there were just certain, like they could drill it into your head, I think, a lot more efficiently than than the universe can drill it into your head now. Well, because yeah, you have too many distractions. You're not listening to live music as, as frequently. Well, can, I certainly I never read, oh, listen to the radio, but yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. I mean, call me, call me maybe was around. I'm not gonna, I'm like, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong. You could hear it once an hour on the radio, but not like, <laughs> it wasn't, I don't know. I didn't, it didn't, at no point did it bother me, but I guess, I guess, I guess that's the point I'm taking. The take home. Uh, uh, you can back off that mic just a touch, Ed. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. You're popping a little. It's all good. Uh, <laughs> listener Sammy in the chat room says, I think there were only five songs in 1997. I'm convinced of it. <laughs> Yes, I'm almost by Natalie Imbruglia. Uh So, oh, music in 97. They really did do it all for the Nookie. What? The Nookie. Yeah, they made a gazillion dollars on that stupid lyric. 
So anyway, let's talk about Glee. We're here to talk about the latest episode of Glee entitled Naked. This is the Gleeful Podcast. You can find us online at gleefulpodcast.com and on Twitter at Gleeful Podcast. I'm at Josh Brunel. She's at Jenny B. Creative. He's at Edward Giordano. Yes, the episode is called Naked. And there was a little bit of naughty time. Jennifer, what'd you think of the one this week? I I thought it was good. Um, I wasn't as blown away with this episode as I guess some of the other viewers were but um but i thought it was okay i don't think it was a a a step back i just think it was more of a lateral step but like what what it really was this episode was just a whole lot of fun and there was all there was there was enough plot development for me to be like perfect good good (laughs) yeah i mean again well i mean i agree i don't think it was as fun as the last couple of episodes again just my opinion but um, but yeah, it was fine. Oh, okay, the the, <laughs> the the thing that sells it for me every single time I've watched because I watched this episode three times now. Every single time I'm like, this episode is really good, and then and then this is the new year comes on, and I'm like, oh my god, this episode is freaking fantastic. That video <laughs> was extremely like fun. It, it, like I, however I was feeling about the episode, it like through the roof. Oh, I <laughs> agree. I, it definitely bought it from it brought it from like a B minus to a B plus for me. Each time I watched it as well. Uh, sorry, um, <laughs> doing. I'm uh, running I will say that it's a little confusing to have like just the previous episode. Rachel invites Brody in, and then now there's like issues already. I'm like, okay, this is a little soon for issues. <laughs> that that's yeah. among, among things. That's like one of the, one of my nitpicky things. But beyond that, I I enjoy this episode wholeheartedly. Well, I mean, Rachel has developed. And in 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 grown in two months, what most college students take four, maybe five years to do. So, yeah. Well, it's, it's, <laughs> her, her it's so weird because frame is not the same as Kurt, the, rest of the world. Kurt Kurt suggests that she like evolves with the time, and now and now mm-hmm. that she's doing it, it's like he's like, "What are you doing? You're not supposed to evolve that quickly." Well, well he didn't want a mm-hmm. naked man sitting on his vintage yard sale furniture. And I understand, or flea market. Sorry, but it's it's Brody though, so it's it's okay actually. <laughs> oh, so if he was overweight and unattractive, it would be offensive. Not <laughs> offensive, just not. It's 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 Brody. He's he's a, he's his own scale of man. So. Yeah, it's it's so, he's so implausible at this point for me that I don't even regard him. No, he, Brody's not a character. He's just a vehicle by which. No, no, Brody. Rachel. Brody's gonna be evil. Haven't you felt it? Ever since like episode two or three, when Cassandra July was like, "You just love helping those freshmen," and like, and that 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 line, that throwaway line, hasn't come to fruition yet. So I'm I'm waiting for it. Yeah, I'm I mean, that's I agree. A, yeah. I agree. I mean, but he, but at this point, he's so improbably impossibly perfect and even though he was 45 minutes late he's still an impossibly oh perfect I want, boyfriend i want to punch her. rachel for and that I, i'm like are you kidding yes, me that was are ridiculous. you kidding me absolutely so in, until he starts acting even remotely within the realm of reason then i'm not going to consider him but yeah of course he's going to be evil he's going to break her heart and be you know um you know the fact that he already slept with cassandra and you know, she's like, oh, you're right. I was just being immature. We weren't a committed relationship. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's very persuasive, that one. Uh, well, uh, as far as this episode for me, I was definitely more of a Jennifer on this one. Uh, it was, for me, there was a lot of, like there were all of the ingredients were right in this one, and yet for me it just didn't work. I think that was my frustration with it. Um, and going through, like it was very fan servicey, so maybe that was part of it. It was almost too fan servicey. I mean, okay, you 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 have to give them credit because having having just watched season four, all every single episode, almost every single character has a line, and I'm just and I'm just like baffled. By how they like they can balance these characters so well, so many characters, like twenty characters, and and every episode they get something. It blows my mind. I agree. I I, I did not not say that. Uh, I know. No. I know. I know. But I, I'm just saying, like like all all these all these like little things for me is is what like 
I know. I guess I have lower standards. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and and that was what was interesting about the episode. Like I watched it the first time, and I just didn't. I just didn't emotionally connect to it. I think that's what it was. There was something missing emotionally in it. And then the second time I watched it, I was like, wow! Like it has all of the things that we like about Glee. It has a big closing number. It has fondue for two. It has you know oh my God. a bunch of pretty so people good. gallivanting around. Um, it has character development. It has you know some pretty sweet storylines. And, and people come well, to know each other. So, so, so. It's, so it's on you that so so they presented you all the ingredients for for said cake, and you decided that that you didn't like the cake that they were trying to give you. No, but no, they no. Gave what you, I they gave oh, you stuff to give you. Cake. Slow your roll, homie. Uh, <laughs> what I said is they provided all the ingredients, but it didn't it didn't have an emotional connection. Like for some reason, I think this episode, you know, just because everything is in it, it doesn't mean that it's going to actually tug the heartstrings. And uh, for me, it didn't tug the heartstrings this time. Uh, So, I mean, we've had, I've had worse, I've cried during worse episodes. So, Uh, you know, it was interesting. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I cry very much in Glee this season, but I don't know. It's just, I don't know. I, I I love 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 the 2.0s like like literally I saw the song list for next week and I saw that none of the 2.0s had any songs and I was like and I was my heart was a little broken I was like what no 2.0s singing next week <laughs> you are truly the only human being no, watching Glee uh, who feels that uh, way I've been I've been the more the more casual Glee watchers I've been talking to the more they the more I hear about they like the 2.0s. If you're a casual Glee person, mm-hmm. you like the 2.0s. That's an interesting uh that's an interesting like, that, is, that is consistent for me that like consistent off my my pooling across the board. Like I'm like, "Oh, have you been watching Glee? Oh, I've been kind of watching it on and off. What do you think about the old characters? They're okay. What do you think about the 2.0s? Oh, I love Marley. I love Jake. I love Kitty. I love I love Ryder." consistently throughout the board the casual you are the more you like the 2.0s but i mean is that is that speaking to the fact that the casual characters actually connect to the 2.0s or is that just like casual viewers that don't come to glee for glee that are used to watching shows that are just parades of pretty people and in my opinion you know my complaint with the 2.0s has always been that they are just a parade of pretty people so i could understand where somebody who doesn't you know who doesn't watch glee for what me glee what makes Glee great, they would see the 2.0s and be like, oh, okay, yeah, I understand that. I like Gossip Girl too, and 90210 no, 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 and every no, other show no, that's no, just pretty you're, They're offering character development and character, like, for all four of them, and hardcore Glee people are like, I feel like they're like refusing to see that they're they're blossoming in front of our eyes. That Kitty gives the best facial inspections in the background. That that one-liners between all four of them, the writer Jake uh, dynamic, like it's it's all there. It's awesome. And, and if people would just let it in their hearts, the two point <laughs> there's a spot for them in your hearts. You just need to give them a chance. Well, I mean, I think people are giving them a chance. Huh. I mean, they're obviously sticking with the show. They haven't stopped watching it. I know, I know, but, but I just feel like not, list, like you like can't Red force Mike it. D, you, you can't Red make Mike somebody D. feel something that's not there or, or connect with a character that they don't feel a connection with. I mean, you're 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 right. I just I just feel like they're like for me, they're presenting like all I want is the elements of a st- of like character development. Something interesting about the character and good songs and fun and they and Glee, I feel like more so than ever, knows what it is as a show. It's supposed to be fun, it's supposed to be a little bit of suspension of disbelief. And it's supposed we're supposed to like we're supposed to like believe in ourselves and all these other things. <laughs> yeah. I agree that they've definitely figured out the ingredients mm-hmm. to make a good episode. And they've really polished that off in the last couple episodes. I mean, I think these these last five or six have really been you know, you can point to every aspect of the episode and say, oh, Glee has really figured out what works and what and they're, you know, they're going to pl- play it out and practice. I mean, they're, they're milking it. But if, if this is if this is the caliber episode they'll be delivering to us, I'm OK with with this show existing for the next five, six seasons. Like it, it's like if, if they could deliver this quality all the time. No issues. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and take a listen to a song, and then we'll dive in a little deeper to the episode. Uh, we did have the, well, I guess it's, I mean, I'm sure they'll find a way to continue mixing it up, but we had a the uh, Jarly happened, I suppose. 
if people were excited about the Jarley. Jarley happened in its way. Oh, I love I love Jarley. And so here is their duet from the episode. This is entitled "A Thousand Years," uh, not Perry. a thousand miles, uh, which is an entirely different song. But this is "A Thousand Years" performed by Jarley here on the Gleeful Podcast. Right from the start, I knew that I found a home for my heart. Beats fast, colors and promises. How to be brave? How can I love when I'm afraid to fall? Watching you stay. Jennifer, a thousand years. It's pretty. I I don't. I have. I'm not familiar with the original, and I, I'm. You know, I am. I am kind of struggling with Jarley. They. I have nothing against them. I just have nothing for them. Like I. I haven't. For whatever reason, I'm not connecting with their emotional connection. And to me, I. You know, they're they're fine to watch on screen and they have pretty voices together. But the second it's off the screen, I totally forget about them. And it's, you know, and I, again, I actively watch this show and I watch it two, maybe three times. And <laughs> so I am giving them a chance. It's just, again, it's not making a connection with me. Um, but it's a, a pretty song. And, you know, if I had trouble sleeping at night, this would be a good one to put on. <laughs> yeah, for me, all of Christina Perry's songs are like this. It's kind of like, <clears throat> it's nice. Like, it's not poorly written, but there's nothing outstanding or original or in any way kind of like I like when this every time I hear the song is like the first time I've ever heard it. <laughs> And it doesn't really stick with me at all. Um, they have really great voices. I mean, yeah, Jake's voice is Jacob's that tone is voice. like heaven. Yeah, I can't get over it. Like every time I listen to everybody talks with him and Kitty, I'm like, oh yeah, oh, please. I just want to pour it in a mug and and drink it for dinner. Like he has the warmest, smoothest voice. Um, <laughs> and I really like Melissa's voice. I. There's some, there's a glee. Wow, I didn't even mean to do that. There's a joy in her voice that really comes through for me. And even my, you know, whatever my opinions are of her acting um, or her character, like, I really think that vocally, these are two outstanding additions to the cast. I mean, you know, better than some of the old standbys, quite frankly. They both have better voices than, I don't know, Heather Morris. Um, so the, I, I love that aspect of it. I mean, so th- for, for me, that really worked. But then as far as the song selection, it's like, yeah, I, every time I hear it, I'm like, does this? No, it sounds like 18 other songs without sounding like any one song. And it's a sentiment I've heard a bazillion other times. Maybe if I was 14 and I hadn't heard as many songs, I would find this better. <laughs> well, I was, I always found the first time I heard a thousand years, I was like, what is this melody? It's written so clumsily. Yeah. I didn't. I have never really embraced the song until Jarley. Jarley's the first <laughs> time, because I'm like, oh, because because like Marley's off the appropriate age range to connect with this song, and it was. I was like, oh, perfect, perfect. I mean, I can understand that. Like, there's an argument that could be made, but the show's always kind of played with. You know, like, would they really be familiar with this song? Eh, screw it, we'll do it anyway. Uh, well, they, but Marley even Marley Kitty even had the 
talk about Twilight and then later Marley and Heather about about Hunger Games. This yes. is they they are they are in the thick of that that whole generation. So of course they know a thousand years. Oh God, how great was that poop on a page line? Holy <laughs> crap! Yeah, that was my favorite line ever. Not, not the CW line. I thought for sure because they stole that from oh. you. You know, it's <laughs> true. All they need is like. Like, because Kitty has the potential to be the greatest character ever. They need, like, one little layer. Like, they just need to give her a little more respect. And Kitty could be the greatest character on the show. She is the greatest character on the show already. What are you talking about? Well, I just, I love the actress and I love the tone. But the the problem, the problem with Kitty is, like, um... Santana was was mean and angry, but we kind of knew why Santana was there. You know, we knew because she was like, I'm a bigger star than all of you people. And that's why I'm here. And then we always knew deep down, way deep down that Santana really did like being in the Glee Club. And so we always knew why she was there, despite the fact that she was a bitch all the time. And Kitty, I don't really know why Kitty's there. We, and we, then we hang we, on, there, I'm not done. A, there's a good reason. We just don't know it yet. Well, that's what I, I, I need to get there. And it's been. I it's, it's, it's gonna coming. happen it's gonna happen we're it, pretty far into the season yeah <laughs> I, um, but i look uh, forward to that you want i mean as long as, as long as they're giving me some plot development i'm okay okay <laughs> kitty is a character who's gonna be around for the next two seasons i can wait till next season to find out straight up straight up. no worries I'm just gotta party. give me a hint dude that's the thing i'm easy you just gotta give me a hint as long as it's defined. Hints, we just, we, you just need to read into them better. <laughs> yeah, but we can read into it all we want, but next week it's going to have, you know, a completely different meaning and, and be as relevant as or irrelevant as the, the time before. I mean, I like her. I like her snark. I thought she was adorable in that final video and she's just kind of rolling her eyes at, you know, um, Samuel or Joseph doing his thing. That was awesome. I thought she was incredible, but yeah, I'm having a hard time. It's like, what is her deal? Like, give us something. Give us some background on her. I mean, she otherwise wants, she's just there. And there's wants, no substance. Wants all the guys, and Marley and Marley's <laughs> their object of their affection. That's that is a course, a motivation. It's not her only motivation. I claim that she's bigger than that, but we do know that that well, Kitty I can wants them too, but. And, you know, a little hint would be nice. Yeah, it's we're not supposed to do what you're doing, Ed. Like that's that's a, what what you're doing is like you're writing fan fiction after a certain point, and I'm not you know the show's supposed to what, tell us that she's she's upset are. about that. Marley's the subject of their attention. Like that's <laughs> that's true. Okay. No, that isn't true. Okay. I well, what so. do we think of Charlie, uh, Ed? Are you are you fully team Charlie at this point? I mean, I I enjoy Jarly. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna like fight it. And yeah, I mean, I think they're I think they're great together. And I think they have I think they have great like chemistry and all that stuff. And he's the right amount of bad, and she's just the right amount of good to make it all <laughs> cute and fluffy and stuff. It would be fun to get a little bad out of Marley. Like give her some layers and some depth to get a little like, you know, interesting. Uh, yeah, a, another side of her. We don't really get much out of Marley as far as, uh, you know, we just know that she has a bit of an eating disorder and she's, you know, got a mother. Like the things we know about Marley aren't really things that she's done. They're kind of things that have been done to her, do, to her or around her. So I'm really curious, like, who Marley is and, and what her goals are. Uh, Jennifer Jarley? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I I don't know. Uh, um, I, I I'm not. I don't dislike any of them. I just none of them capture my interest well enough for me to say yes. I want that to succeed, or oh, I think should be better with this person. I do. I agree. You know, if if you're gonna have somebody as you know sweet and milk toast as Marley. You need somebody with a little edge to counterbalance that and make it interesting. And, and, and Jake would be that person. I just, um, you know, like Puck at least, for the most part, you know, stayed true to his his bad boy ways and, and kept things interesting. And 
And this is well, I mean, this is this is early and, in, in you know, Marley's a sophomore, and I I don't know if Jake's a freshman or a sophomore. But if we're gonna be dealing Good with question. these characters for the next three seasons, like you, like we, like I don't I don't want to move that fast because I want to keep finding new and interesting things about them. Hmm. So so like I I am totally on board with pacing. <laughs> so you you, you have like I, I I have to give the like the writers some benefit of the doubt that like you know what if they're planning on making Marley a three season character then we I want to still be finding out stuff about her in season six. See, here's the thing: you want to give the writers the benefit of the doubt, and I'm saying you know what there are a thousand other things I could be watching right now. <laughs> Like, you don't have time for me to give you the benefit of the doubt. I have a ton of things that I should be doing with my life. And you're taking an hour of my time. I really well, need every they're, episode. They're, they're, to giving, they're give giving us stuff. They're just not giving you the stuff you want now. They're giving us stuff. Well, and, oh, okay. As long as, as, to me, as long as they're giving stuff, I'm like, <laughs> like I don't care. I don't care how much I get out of the bag. As long as when I go to the grocery store, I get something. <laughs> if I'm going, if I'm going to the Glee grocery store, and I come out with nothing. That's when I get mad. That's when there's a filler episode and I get mad. But that hasn't <laughs> happened at all this season. No matter, like it might be, it might be light on the grocery list. Like, oh, I only got eggs this time, but at least I got something out of it. <laughs> Uh, well, let's uh, let's listen to everyone is going to want to talk about "Let Me Love You," so we'll just move on to that real quick. Uh, "Let Me Love You," which is uh, was was Jacob Artist performing the Neo song here on the Gleeful Podcast. Much as you blame yourself, you can't be blamed for the way that you feel. Had no example of a love that was even remotely real How can you understand something that you never had? If you let me, I can help you out with all of that Let me love you Until you learn to love yourself Let me love you, I know your trouble Don't be afraid, oh I can help Let me love you, and I will love you Until you learn to love yourself Let me love you, a heart numbness Gets brought to life I'll take you there. I really like this one. I, 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 I'm sure I, I'm sure people grumble that I don't, uh, that I have a thing against modern music, but I really don't. This is a really nice song. And I think that the lyrics, like the sentiment is incredibly sweet and it's not saccharine or, or overly, um, overly pretentious or pedantic. I, I thought it was just a really nice little song. And I like what they did to the arrangement, like stripping it all the way back um and uh you know i think jacob's voice is a lot better than neo's so, <laughs> and uh and he's not trying to sing and dance at the same time uh I, I this one really worked for me jennifer yeah i thought it was pretty I thought it was very pretty uh ed uh, uh let me love you it's kind of i mean this song i always jokingly say that it's it's neo's warm-up song i mean listen to the the melody on that verse like, oh, like to get st- Oh, yeah, you're totally right. <laughs> That's a good um, observation. Uh, so, I mean, I, I I enjoy the song. The song I I always I always sing, like sing it to someone like just let just let me love you until I until you learn how to love myself. That's or that's what I say. I, that's what I'm looking for in a man. I just want <laughs> I just want someone to love me until I learn how to love myself. Oh, you're hoping someone will sing it to you. Yeah, ideally. Okay. I mean, it is a it is a pretty sentiment. And it's a very mature sentiment. And yeah, as far as like modern pop music goes, it it's a pretty substantial or credible song, as opposed to yeah. just being. I will love you, you know, forever, and then lyrics. after the ever, I'll continue loving you. Like this right. is this actually yeah. has some depth and and reality, yeah. some experience. Now that's kind of funny, Ed. Though you need to write that version of the song. <laughs> you need to write the version that's like, I'm gonna be here broken. And you go ahead and 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 love me, 
And at some at some point, I'll 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 get you back. No, no, but... no. I'll, I'll I'll pay back in dividends eventually. Eventually. Hey, no we're getting onto something. We're getting onto something. That would be a pretty unique pop sentiment. That would be an interesting pop sentiment. If you could put that to a beautiful melody, that would be a one of a kind right there. <laughs> Uh, well, yes, that was obviously that was that was lovely and and uh, extremely well done. Um, and before we move on to uh, hot in here and Centerfold, we'll just kick off the discussion of men with no shirts. That's how we're going to define it. And the Glee calendar. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty, uh, you know, I don't really know how to weigh in on this one. It, it was a good storyline. I I didn't quite understand. Like uh, to to take it back to the beginning of the episode. It started off with finding out that Brittany got the highest score on the SAT and Sam got the lowest score on the SAT. And neither of those were like justified. <laughs> like we've, you know, they've both kind of come off as dumb. I didn't understand how it went that direction. Like usually it would turn out he's dyslexic, but we've already played that storyline. And so it just turned out he's dumb. Like, really or doesn't know. test well. There's, or doesn't there, test that well. That is a very, very different thing and a very real. And the episode totally could have played that storyline. I would have walked right in and yeah. eaten that up with a fork. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a very real thing. But I think they, I mean, the only, I see the only problem I have with this. I just, I feel like, you know, we went through the body issue thing with Sam before when he was playing Rocky and Rocky Horror Picture Show he's that's true gone through the whole like fitness and this is what i do to keep thin when he was giving finn tips when finn got bounced as quarterback and he's like well you know now that i'm quarterback i'm going to show you you know i eat one can of tuna a day and i work out and this is what i do and you know it's like he's been through his whole beauty routine and he's been through the insecurity but i mean all this time he wasn't insecure about his body it was his um intellect and he felt like he could go nowhere in life if he didn't take good care of his body and I mean, and I and I get that, and that is a very real, common issue. I just, I feel like they they could have done it a little bit different. Um, but that said, watching the boys, you know, do the broga was really cute. And broga was a cute. Scene, it was a yeah. very fun, and and I don't mean cute physically, but I mean just the 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 bonding and the, um, you know, the encouragement, and I liked the camaraderie that this group is is developed and I, and I think that like there's a togetherness now in this group than you know more than we've seen in the last couple of years because they do stuff all together not just individuals so <laughs> yeah I um and I thought it was a, I thought it was a fun cute concept and I mean I, I'm probably the only one but I didn't hate the mashup I thought it was kind of ridiculously stupid fun oh the hot near centerfold mashup yeah um, well, we'll take a listen to that, and because uh, I disagree. I know you do. Uh, I thought it was two great tastes that taste like crap together. <laughs> uh, Ed, what was your favorite month? My favorite month? Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't... <laughs> I get like right now something that stands out to me was July stands out to me. I don't know what was that says. Jacob with the surfboard. No, that was uh, Ryder with the with Uncle the, Sam with oh, the Patriot thing. That's yeah. right. That was funny. Uh, I mean, I, I, was I agree with Jen that the mashup was like it was. They both. I thought both songs worked well. It it moved it moved the story along. I thought it was great. I thought it was great. It felt like a mashup for mashup's sake. Like. Uh, I like the mashups when they kind of have a point, like when it's two concepts, oh, yeah. I mean, like was, the concepts I'm are playing sure, against each I'm other. I'm sure the conversation for this was like, well, which song do you want to do? Well, I want to do Hot in Here. Well, I want to do Centerfold. And they're like, well, let's just do it together. Yeah. Like, like, well, which one do you want? What's funny, too, is that Centerfold works because of the riff. They're like, down, 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 down. Okay. Look it up on YouTube. And yeah. so that's why Centerfold works. And then to make it work, to make it work in this song, they cut that part out. So I was like, "Wait a minute, that's yeah. goofy." And then I, I thought, that, see, the Centerfold moment, the Centerfold melody, like lifted it from the rap from Hot in Here. I I appreciated the the like the difference, the dichotomy of that. Mm. I did like that. It kind of, in a way, it gave like writer. <clears throat> 
a, a, a verse, like, because he was doing the centerfold section. So the choreography of giving Ryder the centerfold verses uh, to kind of pull him out of the group, I thought that was at least a cool way to tackle it. But yeah, I just didn't understand why it was I, unnecessary. I just want to point out, it. and the Ustream people are talking about this as well. Uh-huh. And I made, I made this observation as I was rewatching the season that that there that this season's handling of unique is like spot on like oh yeah i totally agree i totally agree spot on i i really do i think that like the way that unique has been accepted into the group and the way that there's never a question that when all the girls are going to be doing a number she's going to be in the number (laughs) and that you know they never bothered to ask uh, Wade, if Wade wanted to be in the calendar, because Wade was unique, you know, so, or you Wade know, is I, uh, unique. Yeah, to them, it, to them, and he's to unique. him, Wade is unique. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. I would lo- like when I was watching This Is the New Year when I saw uh, Unique and Ryder together, I was like, oh, that duet needs to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, like I, I don't know why, because that might not work at all, but it might work. I, yeah. I, think, I think a Unique Ryder duet could be an exciting thing for a competition. Oh, God, I, I love. I love Unique's voice so much. Oh, I just, I love her voice. And I love I, that, like, unique, she's unique. more Mercedes than Mercedes to me. I think I love New- Unique more than I like Mercedes. I don't unique, know. Unique oh. is the interesting Mercedes that, that yeah. the writers never had. Not yeah. <laughs> and you know what? Y- y- you're right. Unique is more interesting. And we know less about her than we do some of the other people. I mean, okay, we understand. You know, Unique identifies herself as a woman even though her parents want her to be a man and you know want her to dress like a man and not get picked on or teased and you know you want her to be accepted in the school but it's just I I still feel so much more for her yeah and 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 she's certainly more than I feel for mom even when she only has three lines on stage I'm like I'm watching her I yeah. totally forgot that she was singing with Ryder in that last video because I'm watching her. <laughs> it, it, it's also funny, too, that um, talk about like the there's always that one member of the Glee Club who's totally just there to make 12. And, and right so now it's Joe. Well, <laughs> like, I think I think it's not. Well, I don't know. Well, or it's or sugar, sugar who's. Half the well, time, sh- not sugar, even there. Sugar, sugar is that one for sure. But sugar is interesting <laughs> upon occasion. But sugar's been so all over the place. Like, it really bothered me last yeah. week that she was in the, um, you know, too young to be angry group. When, too young to be bitter. Too young to be bitter. When, <laughs> you know, the, the year before, she was, you know, throwing her money around and, and, and throwing true. herself as a guy. She had so much confidence. And, you know, like, wasn't she dating Artie? <laughs> and all of a sudden she's single and bitter and so anyhow like yeah that, that but as much as that bothered me last week I didn't care because I really enjoyed that episode yeah but um but I don't know like and, and usually I hate it when the mashups are so on the head with their um you know the the, the words and the the intent mm-hmm. for the scene but it just it, <clears throat> again I just thought it was kind of ridiculous so it worked really well <laughs> um so Jennifer your favorite month yeah, I don't really remember them well enough. Was there a bunny? I hope there was a bunny. Yeah, Joe yeah, was a bunny. There, there was a there was a bunny. Oh, that's yeah. right. Uh, Joe that was, was a bunny. That was kind of funny. <laughs> um, but I think uh, I, I think Christmas was pretty awesome. The the problem with Christmas is he looks uncomfortable. Like the look on his face I is know, uncomfortable, looks, and the angle on his pants. Like the December, December is like the weakest. Yeah, and that should have been the slam dunk. And there's well, something about it where I think Darren Chris is like, I, I'm kind of disturbed. You guys are making me do this. Like there's a moment where I think his behind his eyes, you can see Darren Chris going, "I was on Broadway, guys. What are you doing to me?" Now, what What was the other month that um that Blaine did? Because I don't remember. I don't remember the other month he was in. I just, don't. Yeah. I don't know. I honestly, I didn't pay that close attention. Mm-hmm. I thought March was really cute. Did, did, I, I, I was wondering know. this because, you know, on Outsource, they sold all the merchandise that they had in the, in, in the show. They sold, you could buy it on the website. Wow. I was wondering if you could buy the calendar. <laughs> like, please, <laughs> please, let's go make some money. Yeah, right. Uh, well, I would say my favorite month was i don't know uh if i if i had to pick which chest i could have (laughs) uh considering i uh take off my shirt and blind people it would probably be jacob (laughs) 
because it would be nice to not frighten children. Aww. Uh, but she's so. got broad shoulders and then the narrow waist, so I picture you more like, I don't know, more like... Keep fishing. No. Keep going. <laughs> Come on. Circle it around. You're no, like, no, no. crap, how do I dig this one out? No, <laughs> no. I mean, like when he's wearing a t-shirt... <laughs> no, it's gonna sound worse. <laughs> yeah, but like Ryder, you've got the broad shoulder and the broad chest. I mean, okay, fine. Maybe you don't have the same muscle definition in your arms as he does, but the way his shirt hangs on him. So, are we doing a gleeful calendar next year? Is that what oh, we're gonna do? No. <laughs> Three of us. That would be hilarious. Uh, yeah, no, Ed. I'm shocked they're not selling the calendar. I, yeah, I'm kind of amazed that they're still not selling the calendar. I thought that was a given. I thought yeah. it was absolutely going to happen. And how did they no. only make $350? That means they sold 35 calendars yeah. at $10? How did that happen? Well, you, there's printing costs. There's, you oh, you know what? There's you printing can't. costs. And I was looking at the um, you know, the production shoot. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Well, right there was $400. That could have been the bus. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty funny. Kind of hilarious. I like, well, that they, I like that they acknowledge that the only reason the bake sale last, last time worked was because... Uh, Puck spiked it. Yes, that's true. Wasn't that like season one the last time they needed money? Yes. (laughs) Okay, you know what? You what makes me angry about Glee right now? Go on. I know, right? The stupidest thing that April Rhodes bought them the auditorium. So you don't be putting putting them out of the auditorium. That is literally theirs. (laughs) That's true. That was a pretty big moment in season one. And where was was a significant moment? and like where's sugar's sugar her dad is supposed to like pay for everything also true anyhow so many things we're learning um let's go ahead and take a listen to centerfold hot in here before we go to new york uh this is the glee cast with a mashup here on the gleeful podcast You know, Nelly hasn't had a good song in probably seven years, but man, he had like two records <laughs> that were so danceable. Oh, man, I used to play this on the cruise ship. Kids would go nuts. I mean, like the backbeat on this with those kind of like late 80s synthesizers and then the, the crazy rhythm. Like there's like four rhythms going in this song at the same time. Oh, this is this is the bizarre. Uh, so anyway. A little bit of that. Let's go to New York. Let's talk a little bit about what's going down in the Big Apple. Uh, Rachel was going to take her clothes off. She got a role in a short student film. And thank God Santana said that all student films are horrible because they are. I made mine. You'll make yours. They're all horrible. We all think we're genius when we're making them. Uh, That was hilarious. That and then the kind of minor irony that Leah Michelle's first big role on Broadway had her topless every night. Yeah, when she was like eight 14 or something or 15. <laughs> so that's kind of hilarious Maybe as well. Maybe she was 18. Who knows? I, th- I'm, I think she was a grown-up. But yes, that was also kind of hilarious uh, aspect of the plot line. But so she was going to get topless and uh, Brody thought it was a good idea and magically Quinn and Santana showed up and they told her it was a bad idea uh, and she went with no. Jennifer. Was it a good idea? What was it a bad idea? Was it a bad idea? What'd you think? What's your opinion? Um, honestly, I, I don't think whether she did the, the nude scene or not really is relevant. I think to me, the, the takeaway from this is that people were kind of calling her out on her, you know, over the top behavior. Like I love when she even ca- says to herself that, you know, she's like, 
well, the way you're doing your hair and makeup these days, you do look like a porn star. And she's like, <laughs> okay, well, I guess the hair is a little out of control. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, you know, I, I do like that Santana and Quinn were, were there to, to support her and, and not just not hold her back, but just remind her that she doesn't need to do that, that she has so many other talents and is going to be so successful without flashing her boobs for some stupid little you know, student film. So, I mean, to me, the takeaway was, um, you know, the the emotional empowerment. Oh, like when it was all said and done, yeah. the, like taking control. Yeah, of her. and having the confidence in her abilities to not have to do that just to do something, mm. you know, just to be a part of some projects, which, you know, we all know isn't going anywhere. <laughs> Ed, what did you? How did you feel about uh, the the new Rachel versus the old Rachel? See, that's the one storyline I was not, like, all on board with. Uh, I, I I wanted to care, and the elements were there, so I did I did enjoy it. Torn wasn't a strong enough song, so I was like, mm-hmm. whatever. Bluff's song was fun. I felt like the entire thing was just to drive a wedge between Rachel and Kurt and to ultimately bring, to use as a catapult to bring Santana to New York. Like, I feel like... There's like a whole bunch of stuff happening, but I think it was really all about getting Santana to New York. Yeah, talk about the uh, um, the subliminal message that they beat you over with a hammer. <laughs> yeah. They're like, yeah, I'm totally going to move here. Yeah. Just so everybody knows, totally moving here. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not, I'm not opposed to that. I do enjoy Santana. <clears throat> she said she was moving there at the end of season three, so I don't understand what's taking her so long. Yeah, but she, but she decided to go to Kentucky instead. It happens because she wanted to be closer to Brittany, but then she realized that wasn't going to happen. Mm. And that's, that's yeah. <laughs> now, there were some, we, we got an email that I mentioned before, and I feel bad I don't remember who it was, but who they were kind of calling out how Kurt has become this weird, like, moral arbiter on the show and kind of obnoxiously so. This particular episode, I felt, I don't know. For me, it was all right. Like somebody had to tell her she was crazy. Like somebody had to feel strongly about the situation um, and kind of to set that plot, uh, that that side of the show in motion. But uh, there are definitely some people in the chat room who feel Kurt was a bit of a bitch. Well, he's also the roommate who, you know, has sacrificed a lot to for the, for the two of them to be there together. And she just blurts out and invites her boyfriend to live with them without consulting him. So... I mean, I, it's like maybe that's reading a little bit too much between the lines, mm. but I mean, I can't imagine that that's not an issue. And yeah, I mean, he, uh, Kurt has always had Rachel's best interest at heart. He's never tried to manipulate the situation for his benefit. He's always been very honest with her. And it's like, you know, he's like, yeah, you know, you and Finn breaking up so that you can move to New York and, and, and further your career is the right thing to do, but it doesn't mean, you know, he wants her to, you know, start doing nude films and, <laughs> you know, shacking up with guys, but I don't know. I mean, I, I, I get it. Hmm. I mean, I've, you know, if anybody's ever lived with a roommate, you know, there, there's only so much a person can take. Madonna was uh, topless in a student film before she got famous. And then she remained topless. And yeah, for many and That's a very good observation, Jennifer. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that was, that was <laughs> how she identified herself and how she promoted herself. So, yeah. That's true. That's true. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's, it is kind of funny. The uh, uh, Those things do stick with you in 2000, 2013. They're, they're, they're not as easy to get away from. As yeah. they were back in back in the days of yore, <laughs> um, well, yeah. when I, I used to program a film festival, and the number of short films we would get that would have nudity, and I'd just be like, "That is why? Why'd you create that? that the, you're getting nothing from that nudity. <laughs> this is not opening your career in the slightest." Yeah. Um, Ed, how'd you feel about Kurt in this one? I mean, Kurt. Kurt's okay. I'm nothing. Nothing. Nothing to. I mean, I don't have, I don't have any like big revelation about Kurt. He's just he's just there. I thought he was a little a little bit out of bounds. I'm like, Rachel's just like becoming Leah Michelle and you're becoming Chris Colfer. I thought we were kind of on board with this. <laughs> but okay. <laughs> It's very true. As somebody, I think it was typo in the chat room, said, uh, I like Rachel, I don't like Leachel. 
mm. which is is kind of who that character has become over the course of this season. I mean, it's I, I I'm I like to see characters grow and change over the course of the show, and I think it'll be interesting in the next couple episodes to see. If she does snap back, I mean, if there is some kind of an explosion, I mean, yeah, you brought up a really good point, Jennifer, that she invited her boyfriend to move in and Kurt seemed to be kind of secondary to that entire uh, move. She yeah. kind of just did it on a whim. So it's uh, it's kind of hilarious that it went down like that. Um, it was fun to have Quinn back. I do love having some Diana Agron on the show. I I just think uh, it was cool to have, a, uh, have the trio back together mm-hmm. in a bit. Uh, they did do a Sarah Bareilles song, so let's go ahead and take a listen to that now. Um, insider knowledge, as Jennifer is aware, I'm a big, dorky Sarah Bareilles fan. Yes, you are. That is true. That is he has a total one, crush on one her. One of the least cool things about me. Uh, and let me tell you, there are a lot of uncool things about me. This is Love Song, Louis Michelle, Diana Agron, Nara Rivera, here on the Gleeful Podcast. Yeah, it's worth noting, I agree with the people in the uh, chat room. Although I love the number and I do love this song, it had no business in that particular <laughs> moment. Like, yeah. I didn't understand at all what this had to do with that moment. It was just fun and feel good. That's yeah. all it was. Yeah, and, I, and it was kind of like a, you know, like a girl empowerment thing. And I think, again, seeing the, you know, seeing the their friendship sustain itself and all of their voices just work so great in this song i i mean for that alone i think it's it's worth it or justified <laughs> i mean the alternative is rachel runs out of that the the shoot the naked shoot and runs to see tana and quinn and have a conversation about how she left it when when a song is so much more satisfying <laughs> oh totally oh definitely a song was the right moment there i just don't know if this was the song like just lyrically i don't really know if it spoke to the moment that they were in but it like tonally like mm-hmm. this kind of like joy was totally where everybody was so hey you know it's it, it uh, what, what's the a song that um that sarah Brill listed on her second album that she has the demo on the deluxe edition Oh, I'm Uncharted? gonna get over you. That could have been. That could have been better. That's a great one. Oh, there was a couple. Of, I mean, I'm a bigger fan of the second record, and yeah, I think Uncharted could have been really good in this moment. And uh, yeah, say so sorry could have been really good in this moment. Anyway, <laughs> I'm. I'll stop. I'll stop. No, you're dirtastic. I'll stop. Uh, so let's take a listen to some voicemails. Uh, we didn't get too many, but we got just enough to play as many as we can. So here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, here it goes. Any day. <laughs> Playing a voicemail. No, nothing? Not going to play? Don't want to play Aww. that voicemail? Son of a... Hang on. Oh, <laughs> that's the problem. Technical me difficulties. Technical difficulties. Wait, here we go, here we go. So this is the episode I wish Glee came back with. I love this one front to back. I was invested in the plot lines. It made my heart feel things. I mean, I have never hated Glee. I've just been waiting for a reason to love it again. The breakup gave me a reason, and no episode since I had it until this one. This felt like the old Glee, the right amount of crazy, heartwarming, and drama. I missed the old Rachel so much, so I just love that she came back for part of it. I love the banner back and forth between her and new Rachel and wondering who was going to win out. 
I also love that old Rachel says, new Rachel just like a porn star, because it's kind of true. Porn was just beautifully shot and directed. When the students walk past her and she just keeps switching in the mirror effect, it was artistic and powerful. In fact, I can't think of a single poorly done number this episode. Oh, except for a thousand years. But that wasn't because of the performance. I just can't endorse it because it was written specifically for Edward and Bella's relationship. Specifically the relationship in Breaking Dawn, which was just the worst of the bad books. And I'm also more invested in the writer and Jake Bromance. Seriously, the two of them have way more chemistry with each other than with Marley. When Jake was singing Let Me Love You, I was way more interested in watching Ryder's expressions than Marley's. He was just like, yeah! You sing that song. Get that girl. I mean, come on. Marley and Jake have been dating for what, like two weeks? It's too soon to say I love you. There. Only major hate out of the way. Speaking of romances, Blam was so sweet it gave me a cavity. And even Sam and Artie were adorable. I love the message of this episode and how it actually went full out with paying it forward, both with Rachel and the calendar. And that was helped tremendously by Finn. Let's face it, he is way smarter than dealing with Sue and even more mature than Mr. Shu ever was and can ever hope to be. I want Finn to stay on as the Glee Club director forever, and that is a sentence I never thought I would say, especially <laughs> after he endorsed Gangnam Style as sectionals. But there you go. When Shu is forced to come back, the Glee Club should have a vote on who they want to keep. And none of them would vote for Shu. Why would they? Finn actually listens to their suggestions, helps them solve their problems in a caring way, and doesn't take off his shirt and dance inappropriately with them, like any good teacher should. But the best part of this episode was definitely Santana singing Charlie Mouth. It was great to have her, Quinn, and even Emma back. Oh, and speaking of Santana, raise your hand if after her last line, you'll be surprised when she's living with Kurt and Rachel next week. That love looks like, looks like it's going to get pretty crowded. My favorite part of the episode was Kurt's reaction to Brody. Chris Colfer can sell those reaction shots like no one can. <laughs> well, we hope you like this episode as much as we did. We can't wait to hear your thoughts. Oh, but guys, real quick before we go. It's been announced that in the new Disney movie Frozen, Jonathan Groff is going to basically be the next Disney prince. Thoughts? Bye! <laughs> Uh, yeah, we didn't really talk about Finn and uh, Finn and Sue in this episode. And I have to say, Finn became the leader. He has become in these last couple episodes. Finn has become the leader. I always wanted him to be. I never gave up hope for that dude. And he has proven me right. Finn <laughs> Hudson brought it in for Josh. Yeah, he, he showed a level of maturity in a way and, and restraint in a way. And he, you know, was was he kind of, you know, playing evil with Sue in a very savvy, controlled way. And um, yeah, it was it was it was good to see him him show that level of maturity and 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 you know do something really solid and good. His conversation with Artie was really was yeah. really grown it up, yeah. you know. And considering. You know, last year they were in classes together, and yeah. this year he's only. They kind of you know, they yeah. kind of gloss over that. <laughs> yeah. Ed Finn, I thought Finn was fantastic. I rue, I rue the day that Schuster comes back. Like <laughs> every everyone is better without Schuster. Yeah, no, you do. No hate one Schuster. has gone down since his vanishing. Just <laughs> work in Washington. Just work. Go yeah. go and be successful with Mercedes and Mike Chang wherever you are in the world and and leave Glee alone. <laughs> uh, let's see. Let's try to get in a couple more before we have to go. Hi guys, this is Christine, and I just want to quickly say a few things about this week's episode. Um, Clay on my OTP, but Blam are my bro TP. The fact that Blaine had pushed his feelings towards Santa's side to genuinely help his friend was simultaneously sad but very bromantic. It's a complete contrast from Tina's somewhat growing inappropriate behavior towards Blaine, although he does have a perky and delicious behind that looks like it got baked to perfection by some sort of master chef. <laughs> Liam, I mean Rachel, killed Torn. Song of the App and Aussie Pride, what, what. Thought her storyline and eventual resolution was very well done. And I mean, Chilo Spapez Berry singing Love Song was adorably amazing. Anyway, I thought Naked was pretty alright. I am so ready for next week's app and I am looking forward to this week's podcast. Thanks and bye. Um, thank you. Uh, let's see. Let's go to New York. Hi guys, it's listener Iris Mike 15 calling in after an extended hiatus away from Glee, and I've gotta say, this was a decent episode to come back to, I'm surprised. Uh, I was expecting this to be a shallow, superficial episode, mostly with Sam Shitliff, 
to get the same shitless part, but it was actually had a good message about it. It showed that even guys have personal body issues, and that's something I liked. It's going back to the season one roots of Glee, especially with the music too. Um, my favorite part of the episode, I'm gonna have to say, would probably be a love song because I love that song and I love Naya Rivera, and it showed Quinn again, so I'm, I'm okay with that. Anyways, hope to listen to the podcast. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Uh, and here we're gonna go back to uh, to Jennifer's Jennifer's land of home to Revere. I'm not from Revere. Revere, say it, say it right. Revere. Revere. I'm not from Revere. <laughs> <laughs> three towns away. You've been to Revere. You've been to Revere. <laughs> I'm just I'm just enjoying <laughs> saying it. I just well, I then picture say it right. I picture you went to Kelly's roast beef for for a split moment. Revere Beach. I I, an, said I look like Mark Wahlberg, and I can say right in my in my dreams. Hi, Gleeful Podcast. It's Tracy sure. from Massachusetts, and I am calling with my five statements of the episode Naked. Uh, my first statement was that I like Brody less and less and less. Um, this episode especially made me dislike him. I understand that he may look good, you know, naked, but. I just, I can't jump on the Brody bandwagon. I can't. <laughs> what I am looking forward to out of the Brody situation is the roommate tension between Kurt and Rachel. It's going to be a major Kurt versus Rachel plot there. And I'm actually really excited to see where that goes. My second point is Marley and Jake. They are so cute together, and I love how it turned out at the end of this episode but I'm still not thrilled with Marley's character. Her, I don't know. I don't know if it's her acting or what it is, but I'm just, I'm really not a huge fan of Marley. Um, my third point is that I loved the old Rachel, new Rachel sequence during um, Torn. Just because she has a new life in New York doesn't mean she has to change completely in New York. And I really like how that brought her back to how she used to be. Um, and that she finally, ultimately decided not to, you know, pose topless. Um, my fourth statement is that I loved Sam in this episode. I loved seeing his vulnerable side. Um, and I love how he posed with his shirt on with Artie for the calendar so that he wasn't alone. That, oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, such a great move. And the video that everyone made for Sam, oh, it brought me to tears. Oh, my goodness. Everyone said the right thing at the exact right time. Uh, go blame for setting that up. And my last statement is Santana and Quinn coming to see Rachel. I, I, I really liked it, and I really enjoyed it, and I loved what they had to say. Even though I don't know how I feel about Santana coming to New York, I don't know if that's going to be too many people in the cast, you know, in one area. I don't really know. So we're going to have to see how that works out. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Bye. Thank you very much. And thank you to everybody who uh, who left voicemails. Uh, we won't be able to get to all of them, but uh, thank you every time for leaving us a voicemail and for listening live and all the fantastic things that you guys do to support the show. Um, and that's about all I've got, Jennifer. Anything else? Um, and, oh, you know what? There was something um, she mentioned in her voicemail that... Um, oh, the, the video for Sam. Yes. I mean, yes, I, I do think that that... It does, it does deserve a little bit more acknowledgement, and I think that was just really the the, the most perfect, wonderful way to to show him his worth without, um, you know, without making it a big big deal. I mean, it was just done so perfectly, and it's like, and and there you go, there's your, you know, there's your essay. So yeah, I thought it was really sweet. Ed, I I really have to commend Glee as, as a whole for season four. Just like they make their points without without being season three making their points. They make their <laughs> points like they like they're just they're just there. They're not like in your face. Well, they they do it in a in a very quick but believable like, like, way. Like I love very little plausible. cat at the bottom of uh of Thundu for two. Marley's bulimic. I'm like oh, every time I see that, I'm just like lols. <laughs> That would uh, finding for two is always a good moment. I really wanted them though, like 
halfway through the interview on Fonda for two to like look over and have Marley be like, is there a camera or are we just doing this in your room? <laughs> uh, no, but, there's a camera, obviously. But my, my, my the worst part of fondue for two is she ate that fondue and then spit it out. And I'm like, I don't need to see you spit cheese out of your mouth. Oh, I thought that was awesome. Actually, or, I thought that was hysterical. She's like, oh my God, it's so hot. <laughs> I thought it was fine. I thought it was perfectly fine with the scene. I had I zero fine, issue yeah. with that. Uh, yeah, well, it was fine for the... It just grossed me out. Uh, well, let's go ahead and uh, we'll close it out here with This is the New Year. Uh, this song is by A Great Big World, I believe. Yes, A Great Big World. And uh, there's a great video. It will make you cry on YouTube of, uh, of the band A Great Big World watching this song on glee for the first time with all of their friends and uh they're crying and you'll cry and it's just one of those like pretty awesome moments for a little tiny band that nobody's heard of Uh, and apparently they're the band that played the song that uh kitty and puck were dancing dancing. to and i was like what's that song ed and you didn't know well apparently it's a song by a great big world uh special thanks to the listener who sent me that email to let me know about that one um also you should go to the youtubes and search for naira vera's m&m's commercial that ran during the super bowl because <laughs> not only is it naira vera and chocolate but it's also meatloaf so it's everything that's important to me as a person yeah. so <laughs> so go ahead and check that out as well uh ed do you have any itunes reviewers i don't think we've yes, thanked them in we, a while we got a new one on january 31st oh. the first one of 2013 from art dasher so uh we haven't we haven't been getting too many itunes reviews lately but i would i would love some more i always read them i like like i always check like throughout the week i'm like i wonder if we got any new reviewers well, uh, we, we love the reviews, so keep those coming. If you'd like to win on anything we said tonight, you can email us at gleefulpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us online at gleefulpodcast.com. On Twitter at gleefulpodcast, I'm at Josh Brunel. She's at Jenny B. Creative. He's at Edward Giordano. On Facebook, just go to Facebook and search for Gleeful Podcast, and you can find all the good stuff <laughs> there. Uh, we record on Monday nights, usually 7 to 7.30. If you want to listen live and join the others in the chat room, which is super fun uh you should definitely check that out thanks for all the voicemails and emails i wanted to thank the voicemailers that we did not have time for which were listener sammy uh your voicemail was awesome and you did agree with ed uh we just ran out of time so so that that is all and uh, listener marie uh who also was in there so uh but yes so thank you guys so much for participating in the show and for letting us into your lives for yet another week for the Gleeful Podcast with Josh and Ed, I'm Josh. I'm Jen. Okay, three things. I'm convinced that that someone on the Glee team listens to the show. Um, number one, hire Glee hire Ed. Number two, I want Tina Cohen Chang to do Anything Could Happen by Ellie Golding. And oh, number good. three, I want a writer slash unique duet. Oh yes, that would be good too. That'd be fun. Other, that'd be fun as well. Uh, anything. That's such a good song. That song's annoyingly good. Um, <laughs> and I love the breakdown where it's like where, where all the music fades and just the voice. Oh my god. Ugh. Yes. Okay, Good night, continue. everyone. Continue almost. Joey's baby says, this is like the Glee season four anthem. That is totally true.